It's an awesome day today for sure. We're going to still try to get a few things because uh, I've never seen Daniel preach, but uh, I imagine he's a, he's a tripper just like me. So <laughs> I don't want nobody twisting no ankles today, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what. Um, and I, I talked to, uh, you know, this week we're going through um, um, the whole idea, the whole early church, you know, Acts 2, um, you know, we've been stuck in 42 through 47 uh, for a while and not stuck there i'm actually, actually privileged to be there because we can learn so much from that early church man that uh gosh it just rocks your world a little bit and man they had no problem worshiping and i man this week is uh is a value of worship and we've had several values that we've talked about over the last um you know six weeks or so including this one that we've talked about things like spiritual maturity and generosity and you know all those like family that we talked about the Judy and I were here last week talking about family and the the kind of things that they that they had there that we have that we want to uh, strive to be you know closer and closer not a matter of what it looks like to do it but but a matter of their hearts amen and so man this is what we want to do and there's a there's a guy uh, Daniel my man come on <laughs> how you doing bud all right that's this guy man I tell you. Uh, about a year ago so had a major tragedy in his life and you know he's a he's an integral part of the leadership in our worship team <coughs> and uh, man's brilliant i mean writes songs for music and commercials and movies and you know all kinds of stuff and uh, we're we're just blessed to have him and uh man he called pete one morning and says uh, he, just, he says i can't make it tomorrow um man i'm just i'm too heartbroken i'm too this and you know we're like oh man you know shoot yeah you know do what you got to do but he comes in and he just worships, you know, out of that. And so when I, man, when I saw that, I mean, I, I'll never forget it. And I'm like, when it came up, I'm like, Daniel, man, would you would you talk to us a little bit about what it means to worship? Because I don't know if anybody knows it better than you. Is that cool? Thank you, Casey. Um, for those of you that don't know who I is, <laughs> that's for you, Kyle. Kyle is an English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you that don't know who I am, he just told you who I am. Uh, my name is Daniel. Uh, very, very um, um, loving and appreciative uh, part of the family here. Um, it's just been blessing after blessing on top of blessing. Uh, let's see, this is my first time being up here doing that, doing this. So bear with me, uh, and just laugh, and laugh when we're for no reason. If you can. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sherry, could you get the the applause on the? Thing? <laughs> yeah. uh, but Casey is speaking about uh, worship, and it's it's kind of crazy because um, about a week ago, or actually a little over a week ago, uh, I was laying in bed. Uh, with my wife, my beautiful wife, Alicia, over here. Yeah. I was laying in bed, and um, and also my mom. That's my mom right there. Yeah, what? There she is. What? Hey, mom. <coughs> and the kids and this is there. Uh, yeah. So they like shout outs. Yeah, nice. Um, but but uh, I was laying in bed, and I was watching um. Uh, it was a worship event or something. It was, uh, I believe it was Hillsong. And, um, you know, the thought that came to mind was that 
not that it was anything necessarily wrong with the way that they were worshiping or anything like that. It was, you know, it was right. But it was, um, it was, it was done in a uniform way to where that's fine. But it was done in a uniform way to where, you know, the music come on, the pads come on, all right, cue the piano, you know, cue the electric guitars with the delays. Now, raise your hands. You know, it was uniform, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the thought that I had was, um, is this the extent of what worship is? And, you know, and it's not. Um, Worship, actually, I had that thought. Let me back up. I had that thought, and then, you know, that night ended. Casey asked me Sunday, so I believe that happened maybe Friday evening, Saturday Mm. evening. Uh, Casey uh, mentioned uh, for me to speak to you guys about worship on, you know, this Sunday. And so, um, and so the, the thoughts that I had during that week was like, okay, worship isn't just this event that happens on a Sunday morning. It isn't just, you know, music and, you know, hands being raised and stuff during this time. And so, um, uh, a few words that started to come to mind. So let me get in the notes here. And I'm gonna try to make a short story long because I can make a uh, a long story, or I'm, I'm gonna try to make a long story short because I could definitely make a short story long. <laughs> um, but uh, thought came to mind was that let's see, was that um, let's see. Actually, I'm gonna start with reading the scripture. Sorry, guys. All right, uh, Psalm 71, 8 says that my mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Mm. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendor all day long. Declaring your splendor all day long. Not just Sunday, uh, not just Wednesday night, but literally like all day long. Um, And that's done not just in the sense of uh, uh, prayer is not just done in the sense of behind an instrument or some guys on the stage, but it's done in our in our obedience to God in every way possible. Um, whether that's you know that's us at the job and you know the boss man tells us that hey I'm going to give you a strike or whatever for such and such, um, instead of responding in the way that you initially want to respond. Well, if you're worshiping God, and by worshiping God, in a sense of worshiping God, is actually responding in the way that God would have you respond. Um, And so, within that, let's see, there's a script, I'm going to actually let him get to that scripture, but we so happen to kind of have a few of the same things here. Uh, I was reading John 4, to where, um, you know, it's a story about Jesus and the disciples traveling to uh, Samaria, and uh, Jesus is tired. You know, he's been traveling for a long time. He sits down at the well to uh, get something to drink. The uh, disciples, they head off to get takeout. And uh, <laughs> and, then, uh, and then so Jesus sits there. A lady comes up to the well. And Jesus ends up asking her for water, uh, not just to be, you know, asking for something to drink, but because he wanted to open up a conversation. She knew that by him asking this, then, all right, who is this Jewish guy asking me for water? It opens up a conversation. And so uh, down in that scripture, it talks about that. Um, actually, I'm going to read it real fast. Just, sure. Just a little of it. Let's see. Random. 
So bear with me. There we go. All right. So it said. Uh, so it says, uh, uh, "Sir, the woman." This is after Jesus asked for the water. It says, um, "Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. Yet you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem.'" And Jesus told her, "Believe me, woman. An hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship that you do, uh, what you do not know. We worship what we do know." Uh, because salvation is from the Jews, is what Jesus said. Uh, but an hour is coming, and now it's here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Mm. All right. Um, one of the biggest parts that stuck out to me is where it says that uh, you worship what you do not know. We're all wired to worship, period. Like, you know, from we're created to actually worship. And the thing is, is that we're going to worship something either way it go. From birth, we're starting to worship something. And whether that be uh, our jobs, our hobbies, uh, our favorite sporting teams, uh, our, you know, even our families, as, as wild as that, you know, that seems. Yeah. Um, even our calling, you know, our ministries, we're all worshiping something. And, and worship is, all worship is, is an extravagant admiration for something or someone. So whatever you put in a lot of your attention to, your focus on, whatever occupies your thoughts, for the most part, you're worshiping. Um, and so I'm going to get to the meat of this real fast. Let's see. All right. Um, now, what Casey was mentioning was that I had a year ago or whatever, a little over a year ago, I had some uh, stuff. Actually, it was a little more than a year ago. But I, uh, one of my brothers went through some heavy stuff. You know, he ended up, um, you know, getting locked up. And through that, if I wasn't worshiping God, if I wasn't worshiping in spirit and truth, then, you know, I would have moped, I would have sat at home, and I would have actually worshiped his, his trouble. I'd have worshiped his struggle. Mm. Whatever we allow to occupy mm. our minds and our thoughts, we're worshiping. Whether that's, you know, a sickness that you have, whether that's a, a relationship that's gone bad, whatever occupies most of your time, you're worshiping. And so, um, you know, I worship out of same thing with Pete, uh, Keith, all of us up here. We're, when we're up here worshiping, we're worshiping out of a place to knowing that, OK, where we once was. You know, I know that, like, I've been completely wrecked. Completely, completely wrecked. I'm a completely different guy than I was, and she'll say amen to that. <laughs> uh, but I was a completely different man years ago, and it has nothing to do with any of myself or anything that I've done. It is literally God just wrecking me and actually getting me to a point to where it's like, okay, are you going to decide to actually worship me, which means to obey God, you know, to right. obey his word. Um, so whatever we're obedient to, whether that's our struggles, our hardships, our jobs, our careers, um, our plans, whatever that is, we're worshiping at. Um, wait, let me get here. Getting out of the notes here. Let's see. All right. All right, so it says, uh, you know, to worship in spirit and truth. I got written down here. It says, uh, how can we worship in spirit and truth? And it says, uh, we worship in spirit 
when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So by us having the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and take root inside of us. So anybody who is a believer has the ability to worship mm. in spirit and truth. If you're not a believer, hey, you still can come on. You can become a believer, and you can worship in the spirit and truth. Um, and then it says, how do we uh, worship in truth? We worship in truth moment by moment. So worship, worshiping God is literally a moment by moment. So with everything being said, whenever I come up here on a Sunday and I'm sitting here at the keys, standing here at the keys, and Pete is over here and he sounds like a lion in the jungle, it's because, <laughs> it's because all of the worship of that week prior to that is boom, it's coming out at that moment in time. And so, you know, and that's for all of us. It's like, okay, every day that we get to breathe, every moment that we get a chance to breathe is our chance and our time to go completely hard for God. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you got to be jumping off stuff. You got to, you know, flip and, you know, worship doesn't look one way. Worship is one thing, and that's actually believing, hoping, trusting, obedience, reliance, abiding in Jesus. Amen. That's it. Come on. And so, come on, uh, come on. I'm going to leave it there. I told Casey to do this when he wanted me to wrap it up. And so, uh, Keep going, man. Let's see. Let's see. So, yeah, o- overall, like I said, uh, worship isn't just a Sunday morning or this Sunday morning, but it's Monday morning as you all go to your places of work or, you know, if you're off tomorrow, hey, that's awesome for you. I am. Uh, and so, but wherever you are, moment by moment, Whatever is actually occupying your thoughts, 98% of your thoughts, is what you're worshiping. Choose who you're going to worship. Worship the Father. It's fulfilling. I get excited just thinking about all of the different things that he's actually put into my, my footpath, all the light that he's put in my footpath because of worship and reliance on him. That's it. Thank Amen. you. Come on. Right. Come on. Yeah, man. Thank you, dude. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Special, man. Special. Love it. Love it. Don't forget your Bible, man. Look at that monster. I love that thing. That's, all right. Yeah, let's see where we're going to blue this here. There we go. Right, that'll work. that worked. Oh, you got it. Thanks, brother. Man. Awesome man right there, ain't he? Amen. get to drive uh get to drive in uh daniel and i live about a mile apart so we drive into into church together on sunday mornings and it's it's funny because i mean half my material is from him so i mean <laughs> just like it's like dude hold on let me stop i gotta write that down now it's just but i mean just a lot of knowledge a lot of wisdom and you know just a guy that worships all the time amen and um man i tell you let's i want to get into um get into the into the the passage of acts Acts 2, 42 through 47 is what we've been doing each week. But, but understand something before we do this. That Jesus said, and this is what Daniel does, is that he's constantly remaining in the vine of, of Jesus. When Jesus said in John 15 that I'm the vine, you are the branches. This is the abiding study that we're going to be looking at on, on Monday evenings. And, and he said, you, 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 if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do, do nothing. 
And so we've got to be understanding that, that everything that we do must come out of a heart that is remaining in the vine. And you, you may be able to take uh, notes on your, bullet, on your bulletins there if you want to take, uh, you could have taken notes on the app um, uh, with uh, Daniel and you can start filling out these blanks here. But let me, let me get into the, the heart of the pass or the, the passage that we've been talking about each week. And it's, uh, it's in Acts 2, starting in four, verse 42. But understand this is a, a matter of the heart. See, they, they, they devoted themselves, right? <clears throat> they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is the early church here, the ter- church that, that just sprang out of and just had just seen Jesus alive, right? After being dead, they was like, wow. I mean, they, they, all these people had like 3,000 people that the, the day of here that we're talking about had come to know Jesus. They baptized that many people in one day. And it says they devoted themselves, right? And we, that's why we're called our, got this whole series called devoted devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to to prayer everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles all the believers were together and had everything in common they sold property and possessions and to give to every anyone who had need every day they continued to meet to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere, say it with me, hearts, hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being, being saved. See, this week we talk about this value that we have of worship environments. These folks worshiped as just a lifestyle. It was a matter of their heart. It was a matter of what they did. It was, like Daniel said, it was a moment-by-moment moment thing, and I love that. I can't, that's a moment-by, it's not a, we're going to come here to worship. We bring worship with us, amen? And this is what we do. See, a lot of times, I got some pictures here. When, when you think of worship, you think of things like this, right? <clears throat> like we're all in the, woo, right? Yeah, worship, worship, worship. Right? We're going to worship together. Or we'll see something like this. I'm out in the field. I'm worshiping God. Yeah, that looks like worship, right? Well, and this one kind of looks like worship, actually. This is like genuine, looks like, yeah, that guy is really worshiping, right? He's really, he's really getting after it. And, and then, of course, this next one, this, you know, most people will think of this as these are people worshiping. This is a worship band like Daniel was talking about. But, but what, if, what if this looked like worship? Now, I don't a lot of times have a worship environment in my car, um, and it's something that I'm still struggling with, frankly, because all these other people need to get out of my way, right? <laughs> One of the reasons why I don't have a Jesus, I don't have a Jesus fish on my bumper yet. I haven't, haven't, haven't made that leap yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. It's better than it was, man, but it's still rough. But what if, what if worship looked like this? While we're working, like what Daniel talked about, right? What about while we're eating? What, is, what if it worked? What if that's what it looks like, man? Or, or even this? <laughs> well, if it's a matter of the heart, right? <laughs> what? Somebody say, yeah. <clears throat> After you poop in your pants, right? <laughs> then you can worship. Okay, I got. It. But but it's, if it's a matter of the heart, right? If it really is, because let's go back to the guy driving. What if it's like, what if we're worshiping going, God, thank you that we don't have to, like I could actually go across the nation in a couple of days rather than it taking three months and getting dysentery, right? 
That's kind of cool. What if it like like this the the like we're working? God, thank you for a job. Thank you for a, the, for an income. Thank you for for the, you know, right. I mean, what if we're like able to talk about the Lord while we're doing the things that we're that we're doing and thinking about the Lord and honoring the Lord? What does the Scripture say? No matter what you do, right, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, right. So what if we look like that and see? And in the skydiving one, right? I can imagine, like some people are like wanting to do an adrenaline rush, but can you imagine like somebody thanking God for the invention and the creation of gravity? Because without it, you can't, right? And air molecules that fly through our, and, you know, and all that kind of, thank you for the bugs that are going to wind up my nose, right? All that stuff. But this is the rush that we get. But, but it's a matter of, of worshiping God no matter what we're doing, amen? That's what we're talking about. See, we can come in here and we can really get our groove on and worship, but, but what if we did it out there all the time? That's what they did. Let me, <coughs> Daniel kind of started talking a little bit about this, this uh, uh, excerpt out of uh, John 4. I want to go through John 4 from the beginning because we, and give a little bit of background too because it's a powerful, powerful thing when you start talking about um, worship and, and all this kind of stuff. But here's what, here's what he said. I'll back up because I know some of the, some of the guys are going to come up here and do some singing again. We just disassembled. Now we're going to reassemble. But listen to what he said. Because uh, they're traveling. They're having to, having to deal with all kinds of religious people. They're having to deal with a, in, a, in, a, in a, an environment, frankly, where, and they're in Samaria, right? What Daniel talked about. Now listen to this. Samaritans are... Basically, uh, what, what Jews, Jews and Samaritans didn't speak to each other. We'll talk about that in a second. But Samaritans were uh, inbreeding with, with Jews and Gentiles. So they're kind of like what Jews would consider half-breeds, skanks. They just didn't deal with them. They thought they were low-lifes type of thing. So, and so when you start thinking about the parable of the Good Samaritan, it, it kind of makes it a little bit different when all these religious people are walking by this guy that got robbed and, and everything, but the Good Samaritan came by, which... You know, when in that time, that would have been offensive to some of those people. Oh, so they're better than me, but they're lesser than me, right? But the Jews couldn't stand Samaritans, couldn't, especially, and in this culture, they didn't even like, like women. So, so, I mean, like we have a culture today, like women are, are, are equal, not in this culture, right? So listen to this. It's because Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples <coughs> excuse me so he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee now he had to go through Samaria so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar is that right Did I pronounce that right Kyle Sychar Sychar sound right okay that one right there is that it Sychar okay Sychar it is the English major is correcting me I know it's translated Greek. All right. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Now, this is a historical place, a very biblical place, if you will. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. And it was about noon. Now, keep in mind what, what Daniel said. They went to get takeout. All his disciples did. So Jesus is by himself at the well. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, 
Jesus said to her, now this is, this is an amazing thing. Jesus actually talked to this lady that nobody said that Jews should talk to. Meaning he's not a racist. He's not, a, not phobic of any kind. I mean, you know what I'm saying? This guy knows that everybody needs God. His disciples had gone to town to buy food. When he says, he said to her, will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who it is that asked for you, asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, what's it say, living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. This sounds pretty good. Like, this is pretty good water right here, right? Now, let me give me, y'all need some of that. Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She's not making that connection. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right. When you say you have no husband, the fact is you have had Five husbands. <gasps> and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is, is quite true. Now, Jesus knew this about her, right? Don't, I mean, I know he's God in the flesh. I don't know if he had heard. I don't know what. doesn't really matter. He called it, right? Listen to what happens. Like, he didn't condemn, but he, uh, he acknowledged a sin in her life. He said, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Listen to this. I love this. He's talking about worship here. Now, she changed the subject, right? Right? Did you notice that? She's like, she's a smart woman. A lot of people think that she's kind of like, eh, she's nobody. She's kind of uneducated. She's a smart lady, right? I mean, she... So she can kind of twitch, like, like turn a conversation, but Jesus goes back to the real thing. He says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. See, understand that there was a specific thing that the Jews said you had to do. You had to do this. You had to do this. You had to go to the temple. You had to do this. All these kind of things. 10,000 rules and regulations they had made on top of the 600 some odd commands of the old testament and it's amazing to me how jesus just pierced right through the heart of the matter you samaritans worship what you do not know we worship what we do know for salvation is from the jews jesus came from the jews listen to this yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers We'll worship the Father in spirit, filled with the Spirit, right? And in truth. For they are the, man, listen to this verse and hear it out. 
They're the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Man, when I read that, I, I, man, I've got to check myself. Am I that worshiper? Are, are, are we the kind of worshiper that the, the Father truly seeks? Are we the kind of worshiper like Daniel is? I pray that we are, and I pray that we continue to seek that. Amen? God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in, in truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. She knows, right? She's smart. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, and I've heard people say, Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah. She just said, I know that the Messiah is coming. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I'm he. I'm the one. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Right? Not just a woman, but with a Samaritan woman. Dang. Double. Double no-no, right? Jesus was a great rebel. <laughs> He's just a rebellious guy, man, but not sinful, you know? Amen? I mean, think about who Jesus really is. I love this. He just rebelled against what everybody said you're supposed to do. And he did what the Father said. No one asked, though, what do you want? Why are you talking with her? They probably freaked out. Like, you see what he's doing? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, man, listen to this. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. And lots and lots of folks after that were, were saved because of this woman's testimony. Not because what she said, because they encountered Jesus too, right? Like it's, it's remarkable to us that somebody like this could be approached by somebody like that. But somebody like this is us. Like the Samaritan woman is us. All of our baggage, all of our jacked upness, right? All of our sin, all of, our, all of the stuff that we bring with us, right? Jesus came to her where she was at. She didn't have to get cleaned up. Amen? I love that. Jesus acknowledged her sin, but didn't condemn her. See, the Samaritan woman began to start worshiping the way God wants, the way he seeks us out to want. And he wants worshipers to understand that he is real and that we have an indwelling of the, of the Spirit no matter where we are, whether we're driving, eating, working, skydiving, or worshiping on Sunday morning here. That's the kind of worshipers we're called to be. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for Daniel's testimony. We thank you that you are seeking, God, you're seeking a kind of worship. Man, may we never falter in that. May we be the kind of worshipers that you desire, the one you want. God, as we take communion together this morning, as we break bread, Lord, this is what an incredible opportunity it is. to be able to be here with you and together with each other. 
Your word says, Lord, that you are to, that we are to check our hearts before taking this communion. This represents the body, the bread does, that was broken for us. The juice represents the blood that was shed for us, Lord. And you said, do this in remembrance of you, but but you also said in your word, God, don't do this in an unworthy manner. That we must examine ourselves, we must examine our hearts, we must confess and lay at your feet the sinfulness of the things that we do. Lord, we must. We want to get those things out of the the way so we can properly and, and truly worship you, God. We love you so much, Lord. As we take this communion this morning, may you be glorified, honored, and worshiped. It's in your son's amazing name that we pray. All God's people said, amen.